Hello and welcome to a Taylor's Tales podcast. This is Chris's Corner. I'm your host, Chris Taylor, and I'm finally back after a week off. Um, I'm sorry for that. I'll start off with, uh, <laughs> sorry, not sorry. You know how it is. Uh, let's start with me saying the reason why I was off from last week was due to illness. Uh, I thought I potentially had COVID-19. Yippee! <laughs> Straight off the mark going in there. I did not, thankfully. I uh, tested negative for COVID-19 last weekend. Uh, so it just turns out to be burnout, um, most likely, according to diagnostics from two non-medical non-medical people, myself and my family. <laughs> people, peoples, I should say. Uh, anyway, you know, diving straight back into this i've missed you know it's, it's only a week and it feels like forever since i last recorded which probably says that i'm addicted to doing this which is a good and a bad thing <laughs> at the same time uh but yeah illness again i should probably take this with a little bit more seriousness take care of yourselves i broke the second rule of jordan peterson's 12 rules for life i know i repeat this over and over again i know i refer to his book over and over again and i'm like a broken record that's how it goes when you're a cliche there are cliches for reasons and there's things that work for a reason and those things are things that work and things that are proven and they become cliche because they're just meh, 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 over and over again point being is that the second rule is to treat yourself as if as if you're looking after as if you're looking after that person and he goes on to say within that chapter as well that you would look at how you would treat yourself as if you're looking after a pet or even you know a carer and we all we don't do that the majority of us i i personally don't i treat myself as if i'm an infinite resource of a hundred percent energy uh, and that's a good and a bad thing because I didn't do that when I was younger. When I was younger, I used to, I'd be at 50% most of the time at, at best. I was not pushing myself. I was just cruising. It's not how you should do things at all, but you shouldn't do the other way as well. At the moment, I have been pushing myself mainly because there's not a lot else to do. When you are in isolation, we'll talk about this in a bit, you're you find that there's less to get excited about in life. I know you shouldn't normally get excited by the external world around you as they, as you would say in the, in Buddhism and other, and you know, other religions and, and life in general. But I think it's a lack of balance at the moment. You can hear that word said over and over again from people is that life at the moment is just scaled into work whether it do, actually I, i'd really like to point out as well a lot of people when i say work you immediately think of the nine to five jobs but actually i kind of i kind of include the media celebrities for the movies comedians whatever musicians because at the moment for musicians and comedians they can't go on tour as well or if they can it's very limited and the work that people are doing is that they'll just be focused on the work they're doing you know it doesn't matter what position you're in whether you're the you know prime minister or the president of the united states at the moment because there's so little to do ex you know outside of work you'll just focus solely on that so i'm you know i'm starting the podcast off with look after yourself a little bit you know don't just focus on work there are more than you know there's 24 hours in a day you sleep eight of them you've got another 16 to use um eight of those you work you've got another eight you know 
use those eight well. Get some exercise in, you know, play some video games, meditate, etc. Anyway, rant over. Point being is, I got ill, and seems like it was a family thing because my my dad got the vaccine, my mum got the vaccine. Excellent, Mwah, magnifique. Two vaccinated people in the household, uh, two to go, and that's just the first dose, by the way. Point being is that they got ill because of the vaccines. They were fine the next day. I might have like had some mental game going on where I saw other people getting ill and I was like, I got to join in, you know, <laughs> got to, I got to join the party. And the irony is, is my sister got ill as well for other reasons, but nonetheless, all four of us feeling, you know, not very well last weekend. And yet all of us test, I mean, my mum and dad didn't need to test. We didn't get them tested for, for COVID because they'd had the vaccine. Um, just just purely because they got better immediately the next day and it was mainly me who's the person who people you know we were worried about because I'd got ill I hadn't had the vaccine I just got ill out of the blue the symptoms I had were like getting hot and cold shivers my my entire body went from being a furnace to being freezing cold um I got like I was the next day I was like sneezing all the time just like loads of fluids and all that all around not great so yeah, got that tested, came back negative, which was great. On And, you know, government's doing a fantastic job at the moment in how quickly those results came in. We sent them off in one day, they came back the next. I was like, wow. And this was over a bank holiday weekend. I was like, wow, crazy. Now, here's the kicker. I'm also struggling with a running in injury at the same time as all this is happening. Uh, this has been happening, you know, the running injury has been happening over the past two maybe three weeks actually running my the mileage has gone down um it's been really you know sort of gutting for me because i'm on track for that thousand miles you know i think i'm at 250 at the moment uh and it's it's there man it's there for the taking i need 500 by the end of june whether i can get that because of this injury at the moment is the it's a similar one to the what i got last year around this time where I was, it just inflamed every time. I think it was on the outer side of my right leg or left leg, or maybe it's the same injury. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's basically the outside of my left leg that when I'm running, it just pain shooting through my the, this one muscle in my leg. Uh, and I'm trying to take time off. Uh, but at the same time, I, I, I gave it a week off, no running at all. And then I came back uh, and I did one run on a Sunday, I did nine point, sorry, Saturday, I did 9.5 miles. And this was just after I'd got better from illness. Maybe I pushed myself too much, but um, it just, the, the, it didn't recover. So maybe a week isn't enough, uh, which is kind of gutting because if this means basically I might have to give up on the thousand miles purely because of this injury, which is really, I mean, kind of heartbreaking for me because I last year I got 750. This year was, you know, I've like upped the mileage every year for the past, like basically what are we in year 2021. I started in 2015. So yeah, six years, just kind of annoying, but I don't want to end up in hospital. So I think main thing is to follow the rule tool that we began this podcast with. Uh, and I may not be able to run tomorrow, which is horrible. 
because for me personally, running's not only a physical thing that it alleviates me, it's also mentally clears me and removes a lot of anger from me and a lot of emotions that are negative. And it just clears me out, just clears me. And yeah, it's, I hate it. I hate getting injured. I've, it's happened quite a lot and it's mainly from overtraining and from, you know, from, from pushing myself too far. But um, yeah, enough about that. Enough about my, me feeling sorry for myself. God damn it. We won't do that. We won't focus on that. So moving on a little bit of normality restarts on, uh, as of recording right now, starts on Monday. The We are on the 10th today. So it restarts on the 12th of April, 2021. So we got barbers opening up. I need a good old haircut. I am looking forward to feeling fresh and clean. Um, we've got outdoor bars, uh, sorry, outdoor restaurants, I should say, opening up and you're able to meet six people outdoors, I think, and as, as well at that space. So that's also exciting because all of those little bits of normality coming back in. And we, we've had this sort of stage before where we've had normality progressively back come back in um, and then sent back into lockdown have we we have the vaccine now the majority of the united kingdom i say the majority half or more of the united kingdom has been vaccinated it is extremely positive here the, the us is doing an absolutely brilliant job as well europe slowly you know cranking on that's due to other reasons i'm not going to divert, delve into that but all around very positive message uh for for monday basically to see things sort of moving forward I think the one thing I'm truly interested in is in a month's time, a month or as of recording today, uh, the Prime Minister will be making an announcement for the second stage of the, the back to normality in the second step of that stage. And that, that's, that's a key step for me because it's about travel and about basically meeting people indoors and it's almost like a nearly there. Uh, the, I know the twenty second of the June of June is the main one that people are looking at, but seventeenth from the seventeenth of May and the tenth of May key are key to whether you're able to travel abroad, for instance, to um, what they're calling green countries at the moment that will be placed on a traffic light system, um, sort of schedule of countries that allow are allowed we're all allowed to travel to i'm intrigued by that because for me personally it's just like i want to get away from the uk just for you know i want to get but one thing that has become just adamantly clear i don't know if for you the listener but it you can you can literally work from anywhere now if you're in the IT industry, that's that's been clear for many years and it's only become clear now that, you know, corporations can be like, oh, damn, we don't need to spend huge amounts of money on hiring out or, sorry, renting out a space for all of our colleagues to come to. We can just work from anywhere. So there's that. But it's actually going to increase um, the productivity, I think, for people because there's going to be less travel time to work. Overall, anyway, that, that's this isn't. I'm not going to argue for it. My point being is, it's really interesting because the 10th will be what 10th of May in a month's time exactly. We'll figure out whether we are able to travel, and also whether the next step is going to go forward. Because this step we've done before, and it's 
you know, I'm not, non-essential shops have been open before, barbers have been open before, we've all been through this. But the next step is the key one, the key one where we figure out whether actually for the rest of the year, we're actually gonna have our lives back, where we're gonna be able to see friends, where we're gonna be able to travel abroad and get some sun and not be pale like I am right now. <laughs> this is the palest I've been in a while. <laughs> and point being is that it brings, you know, being able to, get away and see new places as i've said in the previous podcast where i did I, solely based on traveling part two will be coming soon don't worry is that travel broadens the mind but it also just makes you appreciate things more when you come back so there's this we need to be able to understand that it's limiting us but also i don't want to be the person who's saying let's all just go out and spread the virus because that's not what i'm talking about but I am intrigued to see what happens in a month's time. I think that will be the real turning turning point for the United Kingdom, but also for Europe and a lot of the countries that depend on tourism. So if it doesn't happen, right, if these green countries and the travel traffic system doesn't go through on the 17th of May or even on the 22nd, for that matter, uh, of June, it worries me a little bit because the economies for those areas will crash at some point. So it is worrying. Speaking of a crash, <laughs> you know, a couple of podcasts ago, I did predict, I did say that the stock market was on a downward tumble and that there was a bubble. And I am going to semi stick to those words because for me, I've made a lot of, you know, I've, I've made a lot of progress with my portfolio, my two portfolios over this period of time, I've been very lucky. And it seems to, I, by the way, when I was saying that there was a bubble, that doesn't mean I'm gonna sell my positions, <laughs> by the way. I didn't sell anything. I didn't sell nothing. Um, because the point of a bubble is that, that when there's a crash, right? Those, that area of stock and value that I've gained up to this point, it may lose value, but that's not you need, what you need to worry about. You, sh you should only be playing with money that you can afford to lose in the first place. So if that all goes to zero, it doesn't really matter. It's money you've invested and you're willing to, to move away in the first place. Why I say, why a bubble is intriguing to me and why I think there is a bubble at the moment is that there is high amounts of money being printed, as I said previously, and also that the previous crash within March was at 5%. This COVID has been a turnaround of non-work for entire industries. 5%, right? 2008 was 14%. That was only one sector within one country. How in the F is the, is COVID only doing 5% on the market in comparison to 2008 doing 14? And by the way, I'm talking about negative figures here. Negative 5%, negative for 14%. It's uncomprehendable. I mean, for me personally, if, if there is another bubble and it bursts, great. It means I can buy stocks and, and stuff at and commodities at cheaper prices. That's fantastic. Point being, that's not why I'm worried about it. I'm worried about other people, people whose businesses are small and can't afford for another crash to happen. Um, but, you know, it looks like I'm wrong at the moment. I'm not sure what to say. I'm seeing the market just keep on climbing. It just keeps on climbing. Every moment I'm thinking to myself, like, where's, where, where's the downturn for this? Like, they're just, and the US is just printing more money. There's not many people working. 
and we're not producing anything like we're producing entertainment don't get me wrong in the west we're producing like um you know lots of youtube content and lots of cinema netflix all of this stuff it's all getting used and commoditized and, and bought but it's ephemeral there's nothing there there's nothing physically valued again it kind of makes me worry a little bit that there's a little bit i still think that there is a bubble but i'm not smart enough to truly understand the mathematics behind it at the moment if i'm honest so uh, it looks like i think the main main conclusion is i'm wrong don't listen to me when it comes down to stock market advice. <laughs> but again, I think what you should be asking is not whether I'm right or wrong, but rather, you know, let's investigate what is causing the current rise. Why is it rising? Well, is it the devaluation of the dollar and the valuation of stocks and assets are going up because of the devaluation of monetary value? Maybe. Is it because of the consumption of, you know, ephemeral subscription-based entertainment systems like Netflix and Disney Plus and all of that? Maybe. Who knows? Is it because gold is going up? And uh, as I, I, that is the one thing I was right on. Gold is going up and it has gone up since I, I bought stock in uh, a gold mining company just after I made that video. Uh, and it has given me some nice returns so far and will be intrigued. I think it was, I want to say 20% already, and it's only been, what, we in a month more? Yeah, a month since that, that video. So we'll see how that goes in a year's time. Um, I'm currently 10% return on both accounts. No, 11% on one account and 10% on the other. Uh, so it's intriguing to see. You know, I'm that's plus, by the way. <laughs> I'd like to point out plus 10%, plus 11%. It's so even though I'm predicting a loss, a crash, I'm still, I'm still, you know, I'm still invested. I'm not taking my money out. That'd be silly. Taking your money out right now, you make. If you take your money out right now, you'll be waiting. You'll just be waiting, you know, forever. But I'd like to say I'm a hypocrite because I do say the same thing for like cryptocurrency. I was waiting for a crash to happen and to like buy, but it looks like cryptocurrency is just rising. Sad thing is, like, even though I've, it was part of my degree, like one of the presentations I did was, you know, I did it on cryptocurrency and uh, blockchain. At the end of the day, I still don't know more than the average person it feels like at the moment. And I don't feel comfortable investing in something I don't truly, like, I understand blockchain, right? I understand the concept behind it. And I understand the whole vibe behind cryptocurrency as a whole but at the same time i'm i'm sat here thinking to myself like mm, ones and zeros really we paying 60 grand for that i'm not sure if i can if i can put stock in that but there you go that's me being hypocritical as we are as we could say here but i stick behind that hypocrisy damn it anyway moving on moving on uh quick one here you know sad news prince philip died i'm not going to really give it time the guy was 99 get people Let's be honest. He looked like he was a walking skeleton. His eyeballs were in, like, I never want to get to that age. Let's be serious here. Like, RIP, sadness, person of the royal family dies. You know, I'd be sad for anyone who dies, let alone the royal family, so it's fine. Like, I don't have any stock in the royal family. I don't really, you know, value them personally. Not like my, you know, the previous generations I've spoken to. 
point being is that the dude was 99 and i love what his son put prince charles he was like you know we already miss him already i think yeah and i was like okay that's lovely it's been a day you know you miss him and he's an enormous part of the family i think he said something along the lines of like oh we could have still been with him or something on those lines like still were he was 99 dude he was 99 like how much more time do you want? You're like an old man yourself. I'm pretty sure he's in his 60s or 70s. Like, dude, I don't want to get past. I don't want to get past 80. I really don't. I've seen what that does to people. I do not want to be peeing in a bag. I do not want people tidying up after me after I pooped myself. Like, it is not a good like. I've, everyone talks about how like oh yeah if you look after yourself you can age well like age gracefully like when you're past 80 there is no aging gracefully there's like five or six people that you'll ever see who are looking amazing at 80 and this like you know you'll see on social media like this person ran a hundred meters uh, at 80 years old and i'm like dude if your knees are still intact at that point good for you you've won you've done yourself proud but if you're like you if they're putting these like extravagant things up i'm like dude i'm a run right now i can feel it in my bones i'm injured at 25 like imagine what my body's gonna be like at 60 and 70 and 80 it is gonna be collapsed upon me i'm very aware of what i'm doing to myself over the past like five to ten years i'm gonna enjoy the hell out of myself up to the age of like 55 ish and then it's all downhill from there it's gonna go awfully i i can see from like right now my peak like this is probably um from from now until 35 i'm going to be in peak physical form that's it like it's peak physical form that's it but 35 onwards is just going to be a shocker i imagine um and that, you know this is actually science believe it or not like it's there's science behind saying that your body degrades your metabolism degrades as you get older um, and you have more fat and you have more and your brain isn't as quick so I'm enjoying every second I have right now. But for Prince Philip, 99, well done. But also just rest in peace, dude. Rest. Rest easy, man. You, The world shouldn't be shocked, you know. Just rest. That's it. Royal family, no condolences, but he was 99. Let's get over it. Let's move on. Anyway, so ah, here's, here's something fun. I've covered this before. I think in my like one of my earlier podcasts, I said Joe Rogan has a new new studio. Whoa, let's all you know, it's red. It's a demon cage, and I was like, I love it, and I still I, I genuinely did. But apparently, not everyone else did, and that was apparently clear because he now has a new studio again, and it looks basically nigh on the exact same to the one before the one that he was in in los angeles uh, except he's got like a massive neon sign of the joe rogan experience behind it which is pretty awesome as well i'm a positive person i think what you know i don't have anything negative to say about that i just think that the the first person to be here there tom segura i love that i love that tom has been at like all of the podcasts that are sort of quite meaningful so number 1000 with tom screw and, and joey diaz was just killer um and i love that joe's brought him in for this new studio where there isn't any backlash and it is really nice it's, it's clean and has a really nice setup man the designer behind this whoever it is i gotta get that designer when i have my own studio one day like damn like that's that's a sick designer like he's he's aced it like three times like uh, I mean, 
obviously you want something different. I, I think everybody in the United Kingdom podcast scene at the moment has copied True Geordie and just basically has wood everywhere. Not saying that I don't, but you know, just <laughs> uh, you know, a nice little bit of leather every now and then, and uh, maybe a nice comfy couch and some nice colours and something to make you feel, I don't know, relaxed, but also. I want something professional. Anyway, that that will become, you know, we're on episode 34. This probably won't happen until episode like 150 to 200 or something crazy like that. We'll figure it out as, as, as I go along and uh, go from there. But I have, uh, if, if the travel, you know, travel ban is banned, is, is no longer over, uh, then the possibility of me having a new place to record the podcast is just heightened tenfold. I'm getting the first flight out of here. I'm going to go somewhere, get some sun and record somewhere really cool. And I think it's, you know, it's opportunity to have my own place basically for the next, you know, six months uh, while we wait for COVID to just sort of blow over uh, and, and then start actually planning for the future from there. Cause at the moment I'm not, I'm not planning personally uh, purely because everything's so damn unpredictable uh, and I don't like that I want to be able to know so yeah there's that so yeah we talked to, yeah travel potential it's actually yeah this is a really really important point I've actually been in specifically within Wiltshire slash Dorset for over a year now and I can count I've literally seen my mates twice in that entire year and I imagine there's a many other people who are in self-isolation who have not seen their mates in the entire time for the past year or so uh, I just want to kind of like talk about it a little bit because for me personally it's been really tough I'm quite an exuberant external person and I would love to have done this podcast I would love to have started this podcast and done in-person podcasts I can't wait to do that. I can't wait to have someone sat here with me uh, and physically talking without being between the screen. I do feel that the Zoom vibe, as much as I, I love talking to people via it, and it's, I still think there's potential in it and there's a real, real opportunity to continue to use Zoom when you physically can't be there with people. But at the same time, I, I love you know having the person opposite having a you know having a beer or something along those lines I'm not I'm not really a drinker but but I think for me personally I don't drink when I'm on my own so like I've got my family around me what's the point of drinking you know with, with your family or on your own like I don't I don't gain that much you know <laughs> that joy out of it I, I've count I can count on my hand so I count on my hand how many times I've seen my mates over the past year the amount of drinks I've had are probably around five. Not like I'm really not joking on this, probably around five beers. One or two over the uh, Christmas period. And then probably I think I had one in the summer of last year when I went when the pubs reopened, ironically, and just before they. And then I had another one in March of this year when my dad offered it. And it's making me really want one now, but I will hold off on it for, for a bit mainly because like I said it's just like I, I enjoy being with friends and having a, a bit and it has to be a super special occasion as well I don't like just drinking for excess 
Um, I have realized that about myself. It's like, I'm not, I, I can be bubbly. I can be excitable and, and, and hold good conversation without having alcohol in my system or any drug for that matter. Um, it, it provides me with a clear and sober thought. Not, not that I'm telling you not to drink. I'm just saying like excess can, has, has been everything I've, I've like I don't have many regrets but if I think about things that I cringe about and I've talked about this on the podcast where you um, think of a memory and you cringe about it and the ones that I used to not be able to address were the ones where I'd got so drunk that I'd done stuff that I did and thankfully for, for me because I've done a lot of mental work over the year I've, I no longer cringe at those memories uh, and for me it's it's been a real power play so that is one positive to take out of the pandemic so you're in isolation it's yeah it is what it is i'm not going to sugarcoat it it's a tough time it's it's just gonna have to i i think soldier on i i'm really hoping there's only a month left of just being in this sort of house in this area because it feels like a five mile radius of what i've covered like obviously i run a lot so running you can only run i mean i've run the same route neon like i've nigh on sorry like for the entire year and doing that kind of you know gets a little bit old pretty quickly so i'm really looking forward to sorting that out doing something new and going to see new places and seeing new meeting new people like that's a killer thing at the moment like broadening the circle meeting new people just getting out there because there's only so much you can do with your work there's only so much you can do when you're with family and there's only so much you can do when you're on your own and I'm doing the best I can and I'm hoping that you're doing the best you can in this period of time and I, I really want to put a, a key thing here this could be if you can get through this time this could be somebody's toughest period of their life like this could be a like the, the hardest part but from here on out you get through this smooth sailing it really is like it's it's just you're you're never going to be able to like this will be the toughest part of your life and that will probably from there on out make everything so much sweeter and for me that that's it's just such a nice feeling to think that once this is over it's just going to be like wow life is great <laughs> and we're all going to think to ourselves like how did we ever forget how good life was and the opportunities that we have i mean for me personally i was at university for four, four years and then the pandemic happened so i haven't had like a you know my my 20s were taken up by education um and before that two years of an apprenticeship so it's been apprenticeship university work covid you know it's there's nothing there hasn't been a break for me and i'm sure there's people if there's if, if it's me who's having this then i'm sure other people are having it too so it's, it's really intriguing to to see you know what what life's going to be like after this uh, and to to have that home clear so one one thing i have noticed in the news and also from recent documentary i, I watched roman kemp's documentary on suicide um and that seems to be a really, really key factor within the pandemic at the moment. There's a lot of suicide going, a lot of bad mental health. And it's kind of being shoved under the rug. 
I mean, it's kind of a mini pandemic within itself in the sense that I saw in the in the documentary, like a 14 year old kid taking his own life. Like 14? Are you kidding me? Like 14? Like at 14, like don't get me wrong, there was stuff like you get depressed about, but like not that. It's, is it that bad? Like is social media doing this? Like what is happening? And I was like, I was just taken aback. I really was. Um, and you can probably hear on my voice now. I'm just like, it's, it's, it's really hard for me to sort of accept because I have such a high value of life. Like for me personally, I, I don't see the net. Like there's plenty of negatives in life and there's plenty of sort of ways you could look at the opportunities that I've been given and, and look down on it and say like, oh man, the reason why you don't see any negatives is because you've been given so many positives and you'd be right. Like there is that, but there's also like, I know people who are in the same position as me, but see just that like the world is a negative place and a, a world of excess. And they're just like, I'm just going to, you know, have sex you know have sex as much as i can and drink as much as i can and never even think about like the future or even the past for that matter and just go through life kind of blind um i don't see it like that at all it's like one beautiful sunset after another sometimes and life's like this up down up down up down up down up down i love living like this and you know for those listeners i'm i'm pointing upwards i'm like i'm ha i've got a hand higher up than i that i do before and those those watching that will understand like the the harvey dent sorry not harvey dent harvey specter reference from suits where he says you know i like life like this most people live like this and he's talking about like people living at a, a consistent standard of uh <laughs> and he's talking about living like whoa you know <laughs> i doubt people get that but it's like we should all strive that just like that little bit better no matter what i i just don't see i mean i it's again going back to suicide going back to my original point it's like it shouldn't it there should always be somebody to look out for you at the end of the day. I try to check in with my friends. I am also somebody who's hypocritical because I can go long stints without talking to anybody because I just, I don't know, personally, I, I, I find that, um, you know, I can, I can live within the means. I can be on my own. It's not a problem for me. Uh, but at the same time, I do love the ability to reach out. And the problem with this suicide is that you're not, you're just cutting all of that out. You're not providing yourself with the possibility of oh there's the potential to reach out in the end the potential to speak to somebody the potential for life to get better it does get better i've already talked about this what i say to my 18 year old self life gets a hell of a lot better a hell of a lot better and not only does it get better it becomes efficient and productive and you become happier and there's more you know days where you're you're at an eight out of ten than you were at a four out of ten you know there's more of those and there's less days of that just buzz of uh and there's more just wow but you have to make it happen there's no easy ride in this so as much as i hate the fact that suicide is prevalent in young men and specifically at the moment between the age of i think it was like the, the earliest was 11 11 to around 30 
it just just horrible just bloody bloody awful and if you have dark thoughts right now you ever have like dark things ping me a message damn it i'll sort you out <laughs> i don't care how many people i have to speak to i will talk you through this like i don't care if i'm qualified i'll get someone qualified for you i'll find somebody i don't i'll do the damn work for you we'll do this together we'll work it out i don't care like this is unacceptable in my mind um and those listening you're probably not you're probably like me you're probably very positive people and you're trying to be positive people in your lives and that's all we're looking for we just want better lives there's nothing more nothing less there's no judgment here i'm just saying like i'm here and i'm sure you've got friends who are here and there ain't no judgment coming from my end because i know what it's been like to be down but i can tell you it gets a hell of a lot better as soon as you start thinking the world's a better place um and and this is why i place so much stock in travel broaden your mind it's not just where you lived or where you grew up i lived in one area for 20 years of my life I would love to scrub half of my brain clean of living that area for those 20 years. I can tell you that right now. It is not, there isn't a day that goes by that makes me think, ah, oh, damn, maybe there could have been somewhere else that I could have lived there that, that, that would have made me happier. And it was only, I'd like to point out for the, probably the last, you know, four, four or five that I actually realized it was the place. It wasn't me, you know? And I was like, whoa, that's crazy. Like, a place can affect you and suicide right here. If you're like, it seems to be where people don't have that ability to leave that ability to broaden their mind and broaden the perspective that the tunnel vision of suicide and being in the same place for your entire life does to you. It builds up this callous of, Oh no, this is it. Great. God, what the hell am I going to do? So ending on a positive, reach out. I don't care who it is, reach out. Number two, I'm not qualified to talk about this. We started about this uh, all 30, 33 podcasts ago. I've said I'm not qualified for, for anything other than computer science. <laughs> so the point being is that, you know, listen to me, but take it with a pinch of salt because I am a hypocrite in many of the things that I've done in my life. But also it's good to be like that because you understand that there's two sides to every argument and you can sometimes flip flop your way through them. But that's how you learn and understand that maybe you do want to go down one side and you don't want to go down the other. And I can tell you right now, you do not want to go down that other path for suicide. Don't do it. Um, and if you know someone who you think possibly could be on that path, you give them a damn message right now. I tell you right now, you do it. I can tell you now, I can't think of one of my friends who, who'd ever do it. I really can't. Um, and that's the problem is that, you know, I know friends who are depressed, but <laughs> they'll be damned before they're taken from this world. I can tell you that now uh, because not, not, not everyone's, super strong but i can tell you they are they're strong moving on on to a light-hearted part of the podcast chelsea versus crystal palace after recording I, I made sure i pushed this recording later on so that i could see the score the final score of the chelsea match i wasn't going to predict this one after uh, losing to west brom and then beating porto a little bit of an up and down uh, but before we talk about the crystal palace game i have spoken about this before where I said that if we got through March, that April would be 
a little bit easier for us. I was proven wrong again. <laughs> we lose to West Brom 5-2. Uh, not only was I surprised, I was a little bit taken aback. Um, not only by the lack of energy from my team, but also just the lack of creativity. I was like, what is going on here? Um, you know, international breaks, they're, they're actually what caused Frank to fail in the first place in his era because we had the international break just after a successful period of something like eight games unbeaten. And then we had the international break, came back, and it was then a losing period for the next three months where Frank's essentially got fired after that period. And then Tushu's come in and we've got 14 games. We had an international break and I thought, oh no, it's happening again. Thankfully, the win at Porto proved me proved otherwise and the win today at Crystal Palace proved that it's it's just just a reorganization just a reorganization to realize that we can't always win and that you know we're still on the path to top four football it was really good to see the with the team Chelsea win 4-1 uh you know I was hoping for a clean sheet again because we we are quite prolific in our ability to defend at the moment which is really really positive to see from the team however I think that Chelsea uh, seem to be a team that really can attack at the moment but we're just not getting the best out of us one of our signings Werner Havertz has come into his own now thankfully and we've got Pulisic up and running again which is fantastic really interesting to see uh, but when, when you see players like Thiago Silva get sent off in the West Brom game, doesn't exactly, you know, show the sharpness that you would see within a player of that sort of vigour and also the, a player of that standard and quality coming into the side. And then we'd also seen Werner at the moment seems to be, like he has a lot of good goal contributions, but he doesn't seem to have that killer instinct that he had last season. Maybe it just means a couple of seasons within the Premier League. Who knows? But he could be another Torres, and that's what people are worried about. They're worried about another Shevchenko, another Torres. Um, and I'm hoping not. I'm hoping it's a Didier or a Diego. Uh, but Diego came into the Premier League and he just whammed it in. Drogba took a season, but he'd still scored 12 goals within his first season. So this does worry me. Overall, though, extremely pleasant to see Chelsea winning 4-1 against Crystal Palace. We've now got a run of games that are in really, you know, they're, they're tough. Porto, some people may say they're not tough. Some people, they beat Juve. They have the ability to beat us and come back from 2-0 down. So I never ruled them out. We then have the semi-final against City. Now, the good news is, is that City lost the lead today, which means that they have weaknesses and they were proven by being broken on the counter-attack. If Chelsea can utilise our, our fast-paced um, strikers and forwards, then maybe we can utilise their weakness and sort of break break it and, and get into the final of the FA Cup and maybe win a trophy, uh, which would be excellent to see uh, under the, uh, Tuchel and also kind of back the signings that, that we had for this season. So it's important to do that. But... After that, we've got a few more games where it's sort of mid-table teams. It's May is quite difficult. We've got, I think we've got Liverpool. I think we've got City again. I think we've also got Man United as well. So it's just a run of tough games in May. And, and that could kind of really 
determine whether we're in the top four or not. Uh, and also, we'll have the Champions League as well, depending on whether we'd beat Porto. So it's, it's really, I, I can't predict where Chelsea would be. I mean, I'm hopeful for the top four and I'm hopeful that we progress in the Champions League. Um, I'm doubtful that we'll beat City next weekend. Like as, as much as I'm thinking that we can, you know, sort of, see the weaknesses in City, but they are a strong side and they are not to be trifled with when it comes down to playing uh, domestics. Moving on. Um, I'm, yeah, yeah, here's, here's something else. Hit something a little bit lighter. I don't I've spoken about jazz and how much of a big fan I am of it with Jordan Green on the podcast for that. If you haven't listened to it, fantastic one on music and just all round fantastic conversation. Uh, just brilliant friend. We talk about Bill Evans and how much of a jazz musician. I love his village at the Vanguard. I've spoken about that many times before. The inspiration behind that is that I watched an anime that made me listen to Bill Evans for the first time. That anime is called Kids on the Slope. Now, it's not a well-known anime, but it's a well-known anime within the music genre. And I've, I'm, as you all know, on a Saturday morning, I like to try and watch something as to revitalize the child within me, basically, and, and have that vibe. I love Kids on the Slope. I've re, I've watched it multiple times, but I'm rewatching it at the moment, and it's the characters are lovable. And I'll, although I watch the dub rather than, I'm gonna actually switch it up and watch the sub from now on because I've watched the dub before. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't want to ruin it. That's the thing. I've, I've watched it in dub and I've loved it so much because the characters are so lovable and because they're under you, they're relatable. And I, I talk about this a lot relatability before in films, entertainment, like anything. Relatability is everything. If you can't relate to the character, you may not like them at all. Some of the best villains that we have in the industry, you know, Scarface, the Joker. Um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I wanted to say taxi driver, then he's not a bad guy. Well, he's, he's relatable nonetheless, isn't he? That's the that's the point, is that these characters are relatable because they've got characteristics that you can think of. Oh, I, I would do that. I would do that. Kids on the Slope is doing that because it reminds me of when I was younger and you want to, I'm bringing up the hometown thing as well. Like a, a, new, a new kid is sent to a new town, new area, and he suffers from anxiety and he makes friends with the local sort of like jazz guy. And he's, he's, this jazz guy is not a school person. He doesn't like to go to school. He doesn't like to follow the rules and he gets into fights regularly. And the idea is that this really smart dude who's come from another town comes in. He's a typical, like sort of not nerdy guy, but he's like intelligent. He wears glasses. The anime sort of like depicts that. And then you've got the brute that is the jazz musician. And they get to together and they make beautiful jazz. And it's like this vibe of such a, a, a wonderful story. And it's about like growing up and understanding your youth and, and treasuring those moments. And it's really important to remember that. And it's lovely to think of, because I've got so many moments that, I'm, that, that rush to my mind when I think of this growing up, uh, where I was like, you know, watching the sunset after doing like hours of skateboarding or playing football in the park until, you know, just knackered and have to go home or just like being around, kicking a ball about, you know, all of these things, everything that comes to mind, other things that come to mind, but I'm not going to say on, on podcast, but every, you know, all of these things, that, that you think of that, that are within your youth 
it's important to remember that you need to have something to keep that spark going and this anime just like yeah i recommend it to everyone kids on the slope if you get a chance and you're a jazz music jazz fan or just a music fan in general or an anime fan in general i just want a good watch it's only like i think the episodes are 20 minutes long who doesn't have 20 minutes to be able to watch an anime in the morning and drink some coffee and enjoy a little bit of life a little pizzazz a little bit of sparkle like this is what i'm talking about these small parts of life and i think we want to finish on that i think we want to finish on the positives and like these small things that keep us going during these strange and somewhat boring times so i'll end it there thank you as always for listening this has been a taylor's tale podcast this has been chris's corner i'm your host chris taylor and as always i'll see you next week